Before we get started, I just want to offer a big thanks to Everance Financial for supporting The Morning Agenda, empowering members to align their investments with their faith and values. Learn more at everance.com slash centralpen. Securities offered through Concourse Financial Group Securities, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. More people are signing up to vote at PA driver's license centers, and YouTube faces questions over why a Bucks County man's graphic video was allowed to remain up for so long. Welcome to The Morning Agenda, WITF's daily news podcast, where the only agenda is you. A good morning to you. It is Thursday, February 1st, and this is being recorded at 916 a.m. I'm your host, Tim Lambert, as we take this daily trip around the region's top stories together. New data from automatic voter registration at driver's license centers across the state shows signups have grown but remain almost evenly divided between the political parties in the presidential battleground state. The latest data tallies just over four months of new voter registrations since Governor Josh Shapiro announced the change last September. There has been an increase of about 45 percent in signups at driver's license centers compared with a similar period two years ago. The data also shows little change in the partisan mix of those signing up under the new system. That's despite accusations by former President Donald Trump that Democrats would use automatic registration to steal Pennsylvania. And with the presidential primary just a few months away, more poll workers are needed to ensure the election can be held without any problems. My colleague Ben Wasserstein reports poll workers have been leaving en masse since 2020. According to the Associated Press, 40 of the state's 67 counties have new election directors or deputy directors. Secretary of State Al Schmidt says poll workers are critical for a successful election. Poll workers are really the front lines of our representative democracy. If not for them, we would not be able to have our votes cast and have our votes counted. Now, to qualify to be a poll worker, you must be a registered voter. You can also qualify if you are 17 and meet your county's requirements. Government workers cannot serve in that role, but exceptions exist for district judges, notaries public, and members of the Pennsylvania National Guard. Workers will be trained by their counties and will be paid for their service. Poll workers must work in the county they're registered to vote in. Now, you can visit vote.pa.gov to register to become a poll worker. A new study from Penn State shows climate change could affect how much honey bees can make in the U.S. My colleague Rachel McDevitt reports honey yields have been decreasing over the last three decades. Bees need nectar from flowers to make honey. The researchers looked at 50 years of data on honey production by state as a way of measuring how the landscape of available flowers has shifted over that time. They compared production with average temperature and precipitation, soil health, land use, and herbicide use, and found that regional climate and soil productivity were key for supporting floral communities. Lead author Gabriella Quinlan says this could give researchers another tool for designing good pollinator habitat. Well, it can be kind of disheartening to hear that these really broad effects like climate are driving most of what we're seeing, I think that we can do our part by planting flowers for bees. Quinlan says it's hard to predict exactly how climate change will affect honey yields, but a lot will depend on how well native flowers survive and adapt. 
And a historical preservation nonprofit is working on a plan to rebuild a railroad station from the mid 1800s in Center County. Cindy Roach, with our friends at WPSU and State College, reports organizers say it's part of a larger effort to increase rail travel throughout Central Pennsylvania. The Eagle Ironworks in Curtin Village Historical Site is near Milesburg. The Iron Furnace, Owner's Mansion, and Worker Houses are set up as educational spaces. The site is owned by the PA Historical and Museum Commission and operated by the Roland Curtin Foundation, a nonprofit organization. Sue Hannigan, the foundation's president, says they are seeking $2.3 million in grant funding from America 250 PA. It's a state committee providing grants to historical projects ahead of the 250th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. The request is to reconstruct the company store, the railroad station, and the siding and the amenities that are needed to make that a premier destination for rail excursions in Center County and beyond. Hannah says rebuilding a train station at Curtin Village is part of a larger effort to connect other railways in Center County and throughout the region. If the funding is approved, Hannigan says construction could start in July 2026 during America's 250th birthday celebration. So each morning when preparing for the morning agenda, I go through about a dozen news sites across central Pennsylvania to find some stories of interest to bring to you. Here's the first one. A graphic video from a Bucks County man accused of beheading his father that circulated for hours on YouTube has put a spotlight yet again on gaps in social media companies' ability to prevent horrific postings from spreading across the web. Police say 32-year-old Justin Moan has been charged with first-degree murder and abusing a corpse after he beheaded his father in their home near Levittown. He was arrested at Fort Indian Town Gap in Lebanon County Tuesday night after he apparently jumped the fence. Moan was carrying a gun when he was taken into custody. A spokesperson for YouTube says the company removed the video, deleted Moan's channel, and was tracking and removing any re-uploads that might pop up. But the company did not respond to questions about why it wasn't done sooner. And phone calls from Lancaster County Prison will soon cost less for inmates and their families. Our sister newsroom, LNP Lancaster Online, reports county commissioners have approved a change in the contract for the service. A flat rate of 15 cents per minute will replace a more complicated rate structure. Previously, inmate phone calls cost between 17 cents to 25 cents a minute, but rates varied based on factors such as whether calls were local or long distance and whether they were prepaid or collect. The lower rate is in part the result of requests from the public to lower the financial burden on families and their loved ones who use it. The phone service, by the way, is a revenue generator for the county prison. And now it's time to continue our look back at the toxic train derailment that happened nearly a year ago near the Ohio-Pennsylvania border. Saturday marks the first anniversary. When the Norfolk Southern train crashed in East Palestine, all eyes were focused on the Ohio community. But people just across the border in the Commonwealth were impacted as well. The Allegheny Front's Kara Holsoppel profiles one Pennsylvanian advocating for changes so something like this doesn't happen again. At first, Hillary Flint didn't think the derailment would directly affect her. After all, she and her grandmother lived almost four miles away in Enon Valley, Pennsylvania. But when she heard about the plan to burn vinyl chloride from some of the cars, she decided to be cautious and spend the night at a hotel further away, even though their home wasn't in the evacuation zone. As they drove away, her small dog howling in the car, she was glad she did. If you looked in the rearview mirror, you could see the plume. 
So it was very post-apocalyptic. I thought, oh man, we're never going to be able to go back there. But they did go back. They couldn't afford more than one night away. And as they walked through the door, that bleach smell that many have described hit them immediately. Flint's eyes watered and her skin became red. To this day, if I'm in my house, I am like a lobster. She also got a migraine and felt an ache in her bones. From when the derailment happened to about six months, I just worked and worked and worked so that I could afford to every few days get a hotel and stay in a hotel for a couple days. In the meantime, Flint emailed and made phone calls to state and federal regulators and Norfolk Southern. But she was told her home was outside of the impacted area. It couldn't have been affected. This impacts certain people differently. It's very easy to judge from the outside that, you know, maybe my neighbors say, I'm not sick, Hillary must be lying. And so if we just believe people, I think it's really important. Flint is a cancer survivor of renal cell carcinoma, and she's most concerned about how living in her home could affect her remission in the long term. A month after the vinyl chloride fire and explosion, researchers from Wayne State University took samples from her home, including an air filter and the charcoal from her grill. Flint says they found dioxins in the soil, vinyl chloride in the charcoal, and ethyl hexyl acrylate in her air filter. When Flint realized how much she was spending on even sporadic hotel stays to get away from all of that, she decided it was time for her and her grandmother to move. I was like looking at a map going, all right, where are all the facilities that could have chemicals? And um, it was just a, in the past, I would worry about, is there a Starbucks nearby? Is there a Target, a Trader Joe's? And now I'm like, where's the closest rail line? She signed a lease for a rental in the Finger Lakes region of New York. She works remotely there about three weeks a month for her full-time job with the advocacy group Beaver County Marcellus Awareness Community. And then she spends about a week in Pennsylvania, staying with friends or at her home. So now we're just living in this gray area of what do we do? And it's difficult. Like, I have to watch my grandma who, you know, that's the home her mother built. And she says it's been frustrating trying to get answers from officials about what comes next. Early on, scrolling Facebook, she realized other people also had a lot of questions about safety and resources and were getting different answers. They thought, why not band together? So Flint co-founded the Unity Council for the East Palestine train derailment with Ohio and other Pennsylvania residents. We created um, a list of demands. <laughs> they were like pretty reasonable things, you know, indoor air testing, long-term water monitoring of like wells, relocation, just things that I thought were really reasonable to ask after a disaster. She says now they're focusing their attention on the systems that need to be rearranged. You know, how do we make sure there's great health testing in the very beginning of things? How do we make sure there's good checks and balances? After a year of feeling sick and searching for answers, Flint is not done. I'm delusionally hopeful. And I think it really helps to to surround yourself with people who fight for the, the common good instead of what's good for them. I think that's super important. You know, we the people in the end. We, we will change the systems that hold us back right now. For the Allegheny Front, I'm Kara Holsapel. This reporting is supported by the Fund for Investigative Journalism. As we wind things down, just a reminder that The Morning Agenda is available anywhere you find your favorite podcasts, on the WITF YouTube channel, which you can subscribe to, and on the NPR One app. 
And be sure to check out our brand new monthly Spotify playlist. It is called the Morning Agenda Song of the Day, February 2024. Today's Song of the Day to kick things off for the month of February, it's River from Bishop Briggs. And once again, a big thanks to Everance Financial for supporting the Morning Agenda, empowering members to align their investments with their faith and values. Learn more at everance.com slash central pen. Securities offered through Concourse Financial Group Securities, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. And that is going to do it for the Morning Agenda. It's a daily news podcast from WITF, where the only agenda is you. I'm your host, Tim Lambert. Thank you so much for listening today. Your company is always appreciated. So be well. Enjoy the rest of this day. We'll talk again tomorrow.